Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations. It's Thursday, January 27th, and it's your host, Rean Frank. How are you today, Frank? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm sort of getting sick of this cold weather and snow, but I'm in good spirits. How about you? Oh, about the same. It hasn't been here long, but yeah, I'm ready to be done with the cold and snow. Hopefully we'll be in warmer places soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're just going to jump right in with a little bit of news today. And I'll be starting off with uh, a topic that I sort of predicted. Um, If you go back and listen to our 2022 predictions episode, I mentioned that I think we would see increased uh, activity from our foreign adversaries, if you will. And uh, it certainly has already come true, pretty much. It wasn't that hard to hard to predict. And the first instance I have is the other day, the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine has uh, or is encouraging uh, citizens to get out of Ukraine by commercial or private means of transportation due to the increasing uh, troop presence from Russia on the Ukraine border and uh, more recently I believe they had fighter jets flying in Belarus which is the neighboring country of Ukraine to the north and so that's just one little example of sort of what I thought might happen and um and the next one is from North Korea in the past uh less than a week as we record this North Korea had their fifth and sixth uh weapons test this year of 2022 on let's see I believe it was Yeah, on January 25th, uh, North Korea fired two cruise missiles off their eastern coast. Um, It was the fifth uh, launch for the year. And I have a little bit of a quote from Dear Leader himself. I'll do my best to read it back. Uh, The unstable military environment... uh, on the Korean Peninsula, goodness, and international politics have instigated calls to vigorously push forward with our national defense buildup plans without any delay. And this was directly from uh, Leader Kim. And I think that's sort of interesting that he would point out uh, international politics because to me I assume he's probably referring to you know our president here well he's probably talking about your first topic too with the yeah. Russia Ukraine yeah. issue well I uh, I would guess that all sort of stems from the same thing because well I think Russia and North Korea are allies aren't they 
And I think Russia helps North Korea with sure food and energy and yeah, I wouldn't things. doubt it. But then, um, just uh, yesterday, as we're recording, uh, they had their fifth weapons test, and this time it was an unknown projectile, according to South Korean uh, news media. So we don't know if it's their, you know, we were claiming, they were claiming before that they had the hypersonic. Yeah. So... No, they don't know what it is at this time that they just shot off into the ocean. Hmm. And then my third example of increased foreign activity comes from China. Um, They recently flew 39 military aircraft into Taiwan's air defense identification zone which is not technically the same as just uh, Taiwan's territorial airspace Uh, this air defense ID zone is uh, a greater area that partially overlaps with China's ADIZ as it's called Um, but this was not the first time China has done this recently. I believe it was, let's see, what's my note? Back in October, in um, just that month alone, there were 190 plus uh, incursions that South Korea, not not South Korea, Taiwan, had recorded um, from the Chinese military. And 149 of those were over a four-day period. And I think uh, partially the increase of China's activity towards Taiwan uh, also is related to the incompetency of our our president because um, in 2020, Taiwan only had 38 incursions from China that they recorded. And in 2021, there were over 900 of them. Wow. And again, oh most of those came, well, a large number of those came this past October, which was after the whole Afghanistan debacle, which yep. I assume most people would believe that's like the greatest sign of weakness from our, you know, from sort of like a military and defense standpoint. And um, so I I thought as we were looking for some headlines, those stood out to me that kind of showed as was easily predicted. I'm not going to say I'm like any kind of future seer, but like I, I had pointed out in our episode that we would see more activity from some of our foreign adversaries, and it's happening pretty quickly. And... They're really ramping it up, even as uh, Kim Jong Un said. You know, I believe I, the note I had was he gave that little uh, comment during a speech earlier in January, and he basically said, "There's they're not going to waste any time ramping up their uh, weapons testing and stuff like that, and their military buildup." Well, I think it's definitely interesting, and not only 
just the you know imbecilic nature of Biden, mm-hmm. uh, but I also wonder how much of this is a distraction. I've seen stories coming out of Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, out of Russia, where they're saying that the West is just mm, sort of being a hypochondriac and is overreacting to these stories and is being melodramatic. And um, I just wonder if it's a distraction in some way to what's going on here at home. You know, it's it's funny. It's been pointed out by Tucker Carlson and other personalities on Fox News that the the powers that be up in Washington right now, they're they're so concerned over Ukraine's borders and Mm -hmm. them being invaded by Russia. But but we're being invaded right now, too. Our borders not secure. Mm-hmm. They don't care about that. You see all these stories of migrants coming in by the dead of night, right? Um, upwards of millions in the country illegally, um, bringing disease, fentanyl, murders, rapists, all kinds of things. <clears throat> and so I just wonder, you know, it's just a thought. If well, I certainly can see and probably agree in some part that, especially with the Ukraine situation, that it's sort of a distraction because Ukraine's not part of NATO and Russia is. So when I was looking at some the articles for that, you know, we're sending a bunch of armaments and stuff to Ukraine, who against not even a NATO ally, but Russia is. Um so I feel like there's they are making a big deal out of it, because uh, I doubt they're really gonna do much other than what they're already doing. Send send them aid, yeah. um. But some of these other ones, like the China and Taiwan and the North Korea, um, that hasn't been played too much that I've seen on the news and stuff. So I, I don't necessarily see those as distractions, particularly China, um, and Taiwan, um. But yeah, I definitely would, uh, would see how all the big fuss over. Russia and Ukraine's a little bit more of a distraction. Well, yeah, and I just think sometimes things do get blown out of proportion. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, just take Putin's word for anything. Sure. But, but, you know, also with one of these stories that just came out recently about Justice Breyer stepping yeah. down from the Supreme Court, I mean, they, they latch on to these stories mm-hmm. so quickly and so vehemently you know, just anything to distract from the negatives that are going on. Right. You know, Biden's had a couple of very bad weeks. You might even mm-hmm. say it's been a bad year so far for Biden. Um, you know, they, they didn't pass the voting rights legislation. They, yep. they didn't change the Senate rules for the filibuster. Yep, they didn't get BBB. Yeah, they, he hasn't gotten Build Back Better. That's exactly right. But then along comes this story, and here's Justice By- Breyer, who's not sick, He's not dying. Mm-hmm. There's really no reason. I mean, in most, well, I shouldn't say in most cases, but in a lot of cases, these justices die in their seats, you know, like Ginsburg did. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny, you know, to see them, the way they they grab onto this story and they say, oh, look, I get to pick another Supreme Court justice. Yep, look sh- at this. Yep, shiny new penny. Look over here. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, just since that topic came up, I think it's awfully sad. You know, like I said, that he's not sick. He's not dying. He, um, there's really nothing wrong with him. I just heard him speak today up mm-hmm. at the White House. He seems jovial. He seems in good, 
of good mind. Right. Um, <laughs> so I was just thinking on that, and you know, it's so sad. Our as we've talked about before, the Supreme Court's supposed to be the most unpolitical branch, right? And yet here we go. I mean, this just seems to me that Breyer is obviously a party hack, you know? He's obviously stepping down. I mean, whether he's been coerced or, or, you know, convinced to do this, I don't know. He still did it. But he's he's obviously doing it to give Biden a win, to give a distraction, to for them to put a much younger person on the court. Uh, you know, on the liberal side, mm-hmm. because they can read the writing on the wall too. They know, like we've said, that um, November is going to be a bloodbath. They might lose the Senate. Right. They, w- we're probably going to take the House. Us being the Republicans, are probably going to mm-hmm. take the House. So they know if they don't get this done right now, if they don't give it to Biden, um, they might not get, you know, that thing that happened with Merrick Garland again, yeah. where the Republicans just held the vacancy for, wasn't it something close to two years almost? I mean, it was quite a while. Yeah, it was some some long time. Yeah. Um, so they think that could happen again. And so, I don't know. I just think it's it's definitely interesting to see a Supreme Court justice act so politically like this. Right. So, yeah, well, and it's the whole thing's going to be political because they've already said it's it's going to be a black woman. And I don't know how you get away from that not being a political choice. Yeah. Heaven forbid it be the best person for the job. Right. Well, and it's interesting to me, too, that I heard Breyer wants to see the appointment made before he even steps down from the position. He wants mm-hmm. to know who's going to replace him. And it's just kind of interesting. I mean, he won't wield any kind of control over the process. I mean, he might give some advice to sure. Biden, but it just makes the, like I said before, it just makes him seem so overtly political. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Cause if, if he didn't actually want to go and he was, wasn't political he can just say no sorry i know you're you guys are trying to force me out but i'm here for life if i want to be exactly but nope he's been a party guy yep he's bending over for him yep it's really sad it is so was that pretty much your first topic yep okay oh all right then i guess i'll move into my next one and it's a story that kind of is related to the FBI, but it's um, I'm hopefully going to articulate my thoughts on just the general incompetence of government. But um, I'm a big fan of Shell Atkinson's uh, Full Measure, uh, one of the few actual you know journalists out there that do good work. Um, she has a Sunday morning show on, I believe, most Fox networks. Uh, it's called Full Measure. It's also on YouTube. Uh, you can watch usually the whole episode there. Um, and one of her recent cover stories, uh, Big Misses, and I'll have the link to the video. Uh, she talked about, um, 
the FBI and how, in particular, um, you know, Full Measure did an investigation and found that there were 13 instances over 13 years where the FBI had pretty much dropped the ball on particular uh, attacks and stuff that happened. And um, I'll try to give a few examples of those real quick. You mean um, like domestic attacks or like international? No, they're all here in America. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, one of the most uh, egregious examples... Um, it was a, an attack that happened in, uh, I believe, Texas, um, uh, happened at some kind of, like, free speech event, and in this example, an FBI agent was in their vehicle following the perpetrators up to the point when they started opening fire on a crowd of people. And you know what the FBI agent did? What? He fled the scene. <laughs> he fled the scene, and he was actually later stopped, um, which kind of surprised me that he would get stopped too. But I, to me, that, that probably would be the most egregious example because, you know, even if... I don't even know, because they don't really explain um, why this... Agent did flee, but if you're tasked to protect the citizens of America and you're right behind the perpetrators and you pretty much know what they're going to be doing, what kind of coward just runs away from it? Well, you said it. Yeah, well, I guess I did. Yeah, a coward. coward. (laughs) And, um... Not me. I'm going home to my family. Right. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to die here today. Right. I mean, from a natural instinct, I I get that, you know. Nobody wants to, you know, put themselves in the danger like that. But that was the man's job. Yeah, and they have so much training. They, right. They take an oath. You know, they're, they're not just average citizens. They, right. They're supposed to be held to a different standard. Right, like top top of the line. And I have, I have a couple more examples. I didn't take notes on all of the ones that uh, Cheryl Atkinson mentioned in her uh, story. Um, but I got a couple of them. Um, okay, this one some, some of you guys might remember is the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Oh, yeah. Um, the gay bar, right? Is that, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, the FBI was monitoring uh, the guy for 10 months prior to the incident, and they had recorded conversations, and they even interviewed him twice beforehand. And yet, they dropped the ball, and he ended up killing, I believe it was 40-some-odd people, or some pretty decently high number. It might not be that many. Um, Let's see, what's the next one here? Well, you know, that's really shameful. And it makes me think, I've heard a couple times just in recent news, I mean, it's not FBI, but you hear stories where some of these people, I think, oh yeah, that fellow who killed that girl who worked in the furniture shop. Oh, yeah. Remember that story? He had been, he had like 15 different arrests on his rap sheet. 
from several different states. And it's like, how many times do you have to apprehend these people before you just say, hey, we're not going to be nice anymore. No more chances. What happened to three strikes, you're out? This is America, you know? (laughs) Fifteen times these people are being apprehended and let go? Yeah. Well, with this, um, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooter, after their two interviews and monitoring him for ten months, they ultimately concluded he was not a threat. Well. (laughs) So... (laughs) I guess they were wrong. Is that it? They're just wrong. Oh, sorry, guys. They probably got a raise. Right. Whoever Uh, made that decision. Yep. Uh, Let's see. The next one I have... Oh, this one also happened in Florida. Um, It wasn't the probably one that a lot of people remember, but there was a guy who made it into an airport. He, like, flew into the airport from another place and somehow got a gun through and started shooting people. This guy visited an FBI field office, told agents he had been watching ISIS videos, and he was hearing voices telling him to commit acts of violence. And again, somehow he slipped through the cracks. Wow. Some people just don't recognize a cry for help when they see one, you know? That's pretty crazy. Yep, and those are just a couple of the examples that they provide in the video. And uh, out of the 13 identified uh, attacks that from full measure that they identified in their investigation, um, there were 194 people who died and hundreds more injured. She didn't make this comment, but I imagine it's true that some of those injuries are probably, you know, life-altering and permanent. Yeah. I'm sure some people were shot in the head and probably have, like, traumatic brain injury or brain damage. Yeah. I mean, out of the hundreds, that's... I can imagine that's probably got to be true. Maybe not a large number, but somewhere in there. And, And my ultimate point on this was, you know, just the general incompetence of government because here we have an agency that we are supposed to believe is out there to help protect the citizens of the country and to stop um, you know attacks and stuff like that from happening and just in 13 years there are 13 major instances that Somehow they just completely dropped the ball on when seemingly they should have been able to stop them. And you have a lot of you know, liberal people out there who think the solution to a lot of the problems is more government. If we can't even barely trust the FBI to protect us, why wouldn't we trust the government to to run or healthcare to run any, you know, major industry of the country. And um, there's a guy I used to listen to a long time ago on SiriusXM's Patriot channel called uh, Andrew Wilkow. And one of my favorite examples he used was, if you wouldn't trust the government to run the music industry, or 
even if you did trust them to, most people probably wouldn't want them to. Why would you want or trust the government to run something as essential and important to people as healthcare? Yeah. Because you can't even protect hundreds of people from violent criminals who have shown clear intent to commit harm to people, much less, you know, expect the government to be able to operate and run health facilities and manage them well to take care of everybody when they need to be taken care of or properly. And um, Well, I remember a lot of talk along those lines back, you know, under Obama when he was passed his Obamacare mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of people were against it even though it did ultimately pass and even though the Supreme Court wrongly decided that it was constitutional. <laughs> um, but a lot of people said, you know, why would you want the doctor's office to be sort of like a combination of the DMV uh-huh. and the post office? Yeah. I mean, you know, you go to the DMV, you're going to be there for an hour yep, that's or more. A stereotypical picture of the DMV. Uh-huh. Well, and even an experience, that's usually how it goes. It t- it, it's never in and out. It's not efficient. And then look at the post office. You know, things. how many things have you had lost through the mail? I've had many. I can tell you that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> they're, they're not the best. <laughs> yep. So I don't know why you'd want to put government in charge of anything. I mean, if you look at what they're supposed to do constitutionally, mm-hmm. they can barely do that. They can't keep us safe. Yep. Um, they're supposed to have control. Congress is supposed to have control of the money supply. They don't do that. They've sub. They've um, outsourced it to the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. which is a private institution. They can't handle the money supply. I think we'll see more of that coming forward. Right. Um. So yeah, I, I don't understand why, especially on the liberal side, such a push. You know, for government to take over all these areas of our lives, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it myself. Yep, and the best thing you can do, you know, is take care of yourselves first as, you know, an individual and as, you know, a family or community group. Because that's how you're really going to be able to protect yourself when the government fails. Having, you know, like... A lot of people talk about going to take self-defense and stuff like that. That's one thing. But just having a good network of people that you can trust instead of trusting the government or, uh, you know, promoting, uh, like, liberty, especially in, like, economics and different industries. If you have people who can innovate healthcare uh, advances and whatever, it's bound to be cheaper and more efficient than anything the government's going to be able to actually provide. And uh, I thought I had yeah. one more. I mean, greed's but, not always bad. I'll right. tell you that. I mean, somebody who's invented a new product would rather sell a, how many people are in the world? Seven, yep. seven some odd billion? They'd right. rather sell seven some odd billion devices, you know, and ha- let everybody in the world have one right. than they would have an outrageous device or product that nobody could buy yeah i mean greed doesn't work that way honestly yep greed's not necessarily bad and and you know altruism one of my favorite philosophers talks about altruism the idea that others 
could have your best interest at heart or that you could truly have somebody else's best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. People might have good intentions. Uh, the government may have good intentions. Liberals may have good intentions. But the idea that anybody knows what you need better than you do is really a farce. Yeah. <clears throat> it really is, if you think about it. Because even if you have your best friend's best interest at heart, when you buy them a gift, when you do something, you make some nice gesture, you invite them, you don't know what's going on in their head. You don't necessarily know what's going on in their lives. And you know, the fact that what you think is best for that person and what they think is best for them is not necessarily going to match up. So that's true with government too, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. So trust yourself and... Not the government, and your life will probably be better off. Yes, I would certainly. Well, if you're ready to move into mm -hmm. something I find absolutely disgusting. Yep, that's all I got. There has been a lot of discussion, you know, about this story um, out of Pennsylvania about how a truck tractor trailer crashed. And some monkeys who were part of, well, they were supposed to be part of some kind of CDC or NIH uh, study got loose, right? Mm -hmm. You know this story. Everybody's been talking about it. Um, well, it got me to thinking about some stuff, some of this gain of research, or I mean gain of function research that we've been seeing. You know, obviously we've all been practically infected by this COVID-19 thing. Our whole lives have been affected by that um and you know they were doing studies on bats uh we're pretty sure you know it's coming out now we're we're pretty sure this was all gain of research uh gain of function research that got out of the lab and you know there are stories of mm, things it's interesting you know i made the connection about these monkeys that got loose and I had recently heard from a South Carolina representative, uh, I think her name was Mace, um, who talked about this monkey island is what they call it. It's uh, actually uh -huh. called yep. Morgan Island. But, um, yeah, Nancy Mace. Yeah, but they call it Monkey Island down there where she's from. And uh, she's sent some letters over to Fauci and the CDC and uh, NA. NIAID or whatever that group is called and mm -hmm. um, the NIH and um, <clears throat> apparently they keep those monkeys on that island just to do studies on they take like I don't know 600 a year off of the island and, and study them um, from all kinds of different things I've heard stories about how you know the monkeys in the back of this truck that got loose they, they had some kind of herpes virus inside of them that was being studied i've heard that some of the monkeys uh they try to infect with aids mm -hmm. even though monkeys i guess don't really get aids the same way we do um and then of course you know if you're on our side of the fence i'm sure you've heard there was a lot of concern a while back about what fauci's done with the little beagle puppies um, the types of things. I think that story came out of New Zealand, but everybody got upset about that, even PETA and some of those liberal organizations um, got upset about some of the... 
and it's all sort of gain of function research. Uh, I think with the puppy story, um, what they were trying to do was somehow surgically or by infection, they were trying to remove the dog's vocal cords, make like non-barking dogs. Um, so just friggin' weird. But then <clears throat> I came across up on our website, on our news across the web, I came across this story that comes out of the University of Pittsburgh. And they have a couple of hospitals there on their campus or, or nearby. And um, I guess one of the things that they have there is a fetal tissue bank. So sometimes when these women um, have abortion, they can choose to donate the tissue samples into this bank for like future studies and things. And the article that I'm going to link, uh, we'll have it in the show notes here. But this article talks about how sometimes even the, the fact that these tissues samples could be used in future research to help discover, you know, cures to sicknesses, things like that, uh, future medical breakthroughs. Sometimes even if a woman's on the fence about having an abortion, if she's kind of thinking, you know, I wanted to do this, but now I'm not sure. The article claims that sometimes they'll use this, the fact that they study these fetal tissues, as a way to sort of convince the woman that she could do it. Well, well you know, we could make a medical breakthrough. Yeah, your aborted baby is going to a good cause. Yeah, it's going to a good cause, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just absolutely sick. And... One of the things I discovered, if it'll separately be linked. It's linked in the article, but it's also a separate link. It's absolutely chilling. It's disgusting. <clears throat> but the lady who wrote this article, she also found the study. Uh, there's a particular study that came out of NIH, and it's where they have grafted these little baby skulls onto mice. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. <clears throat> And the mice start to grow human tissues, human hairs, and they're doing it in a way to study human, uh, the epidermis, because it's our first line of defense for a lot of things. You know, if we come into contact with something, it's your skin is usually, you know. Your skin's the, technically an organ. Yes, it's the outermost layer. It's, you know, it's our first layer of protection, you might say. <clears throat> so they're trying to graft human skin and human cells into mice. I don't know why. I mean, it sounds so sci-fi. It sounds like something just out of a movie. But they're having trouble. They want to somehow create a human lymphatic system in a mouse, but they haven't been able to do that yet. Um, and I don't know. It's just absolutely chilling and disgusting. And, uh, you know, I didn't think about it. I should, if, if uh, Project Veritas hadn't already done this, I would really hesitate to say it. But, you know, there was a leak. There was a whistleblower from Pfizer who said that there are human embryonic kidney cells in the Pfizer vaccines. So, you know, I, I just think this is so sick. And we've seen so much, I mean... Fauci's really starting to come under scrutiny now. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be avoidable for much longer. These, there's so many of these sick stories out there, these mm-hmm. gain-of-function type things, and now we have monkeys on the loose in Pittsburgh who are making people sick, and I just don't know how far it can go before people wake up. And, and you know, hopefully we'll have an overturnment of Roe v. Wade, and there will be less of this stuff, but, but it's just so sick to think these people are giving their children away for this sick research like this to grow human hairs out of a mouse i mean can we not just study human skin on a human body apparently not why do we have to graft it onto mice and why do we have to take a bat virus and see oh maybe maybe we can get humans sick with it and we have to take a human illness like AIDS and see, can we give it to the monkeys? I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand that. And they're taking taxpayer money. NIH is funded by our tax dollars. Yeah, and these are like like some of the worst examples. And there's been plenty of reports before, you know, when some of these Congress people do these waste fraud reports and whatever, of how many hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars we waste on silly research projects that have, you know, to the average person, and I'm sure it's not even necessarily just to the average person, but it's, they seem completely pointless. Like, they're doing it just, just to do it for funsies. Yeah, well, and I've seen, you know, it seems to me, I've heard, you know, I was born in 92, I don't know how many times I've heard that they they study the effects of methane on ozone. That's one story. Then they study sources of methane. Then they study whether a cow produces more methane or a pig produces more methane or a human being produces uh-huh. more methane. And, and it's just so silly. I mean, we're studying pig farts, human farts, cow farts, <laughs> you know, and just just ridiculous stuff and they do it over and over the funding Mm. just goes up the allowance for such studies just goes up yep we're now spending trillions of dollars every year in every spending bill instead of billions Mm -hmm. instead of millions it's sick yep yeah i can't imagine what they're trying to test i mean this is just what we know i'm sure there's some real even worse stuff that's you know black book Secret shit. Yeah. It's almost terrifying. What did you say you don't really have any more stories? Um, nope. Okay. That was pretty much my two. Well, I could pretty much wrap up then on this. Um, The last thing I really wanted to talk about, I'll just piggyback it right there off of that. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of unintended consequences from all this stuff that's been happening. Mm -hmm. You know, how many years has it been now since... Was it 70, 1970 that Roe passed? So something like 50, yeah, 50 almost some 60 years. <clears throat> I think there's going to be a lot of negative consequences come to Fauci when all of this really comes out um, about these sort of sick studies and how he's been paying for them. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think there's a lot of places where we can see these unintended consequences coming about. And one of them is with all this COVID stuff. I mean, there's been so much flip-flopping on what's true and what's real, what's the good information, what's misinformation. Um, we see a lot of people waking up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I think it's interesting. There was they interviewed Whoopi Goldberg on The View, and this link will be in the show notes if you haven't seen it already. But she ended up getting sick with COVID, and this has been a little while back, but not that long ago. Um, and she even said, she said, I've done everything right. I'm triple vaxxed. I've mm-hmm. done everything I was supposed to do. I haven't been around other people. And she said, I'm just over this COVID stuff. I'm yeah. sick of it. And I think people are starting to see that it, it really doesn't matter if you wear the mask or not. You know, they're now changing the language on that again. Mm-hmm. They say that these cloth masks are ineffective. The disposable masks are in. It's only the M95, the surgical type masks that are any good. They've flip-flopped on that three, four, maybe five times. Right. Well, we're back to where we were at the beginning. Um, I think people just are starting to realize that it doesn't matter what you do now. If mm-hmm. if you're in the liberal camp or you're conservative or if you you take all three, four, five of your doses of vaccine, yep. you wear your mask, you don't go out in public, people are still getting sick, you know. Um, well, some of this is kind of goes back to one, what I was talking about. Um, people just blindly trusted the government to tell them what we were supposed to be doing the whole time. Yeah. And what did they get? COVID. Yep. <laughs> COVID, <laughs> confusion, people losing years off their life, their business. And we were watching uh, Brett Baer's special report the other night. I think it was last night or two nights ago. And he had this little segment on where he had one of his reporters go talk to families about how COVID has affected them over the past couple of years, and particularly uh, children. And one of the mothers was talking about her uh, kid in kindergarten. And that really stood out to me because, you know, parents dream of sending their kid to kindergarten their first day of school. For five years they dream of this. And there are some kids whose first day at kindergarten, they woke up, went out in the living room, and sat in front of a screen all day. Yeah. What kind of first day in kindergarten is that for a kid? Right. It's it's really sad. I thought I was... Well, it is. You know, and that's one of the other... That's I was going to hit on that, is there's going to be unintended consequences for that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think we're already starting to see it, you know... I said to you in a personal conversation, I bet they say that Generation Z, is that what they're called? I think so. They say that they're going to be more conservative than than our generation is. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet this youngest generation who have just been so jerked around, and they've seen their parents, they've seen other parents, they've seen school boards, mm-hmm. just act like fools yeah. over all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids have been absolutely manipulated, put mm-hmm. it c- caught in the middle of sort of like this tug of war. Yep. And I bet they, they won't want to put up with it. Just like we're starting to see, you know, even the people who want to tow the party line and they want to go along with the powers that be, they want to, mm-hmm. you know, do what Dr. Fauci says. They're even starting to wake up and, and it makes me wonder, you know, they always talk about the next time they're. There might be a next time. We've got to prepare ourselves for uh-huh. the next one. Well, 
I bet we will be prepared for the next one. And I bet it won't be in the way they want us to. Yep. I bet the next, it'll be like the boy who cried wolf. The next time they say, oh, virus, virus, nobody will give a hoot or a holler. Because they'll say, well, I don't want to be corralled. Yep. Cajoled. We know what happened last time. Cajoled, manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, it seems funny to me. I mean, there's lots of those videos of little kids just giving it to their school boards. Yeah, um, we just saw Tucker play one the other night. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've included a couple in the show notes. There's one where a girl's going on about sexuality in schools, and she's saying, you know, these teachers— it, she basically says it's inappropriate mm-hmm. in the classroom. Yeah. It makes me feel awkward. You know, it's maybe something that should be discussed one-on-one with a counselor or in my household. Yep. It's not something that should be discussed in a classroom with mm-hmm. 30 other kids sitting around you. Yeah. Um, but that's what they try to do. They, there's a video out there of a girl who's upset about politics in school, particularly it was back when BLM was a real big thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a couple, couple or three summers back now, um, she was all upset because they say no politics in school. You can't wear a Trump hat, but they've got BLM posters all over the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one of a little girl going on about the mask. She's maybe five years old. Oh, and she's like, good. I had a classmate pass out from having one of these masks on. <laughs> <laughs> she's awfully cute, but... All of those videos will be linked. And then we've even seen there was a, a dad in Virginia uh-huh, who went yep. viral for going on a rant about how they needed to do something. I mean, even he said, even the garbage men who take the trash, they take big risks. You know, uh-huh. there could be hypodermic needles, pieces of glass. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's dangerous stuff in people's trash sometimes. Yep. <clears throat> but the teachers won't go to school where they've got. Every precaution taken. Right. They've been given millions and probably billions of dollars. They won't go to school. But the trash collectors still go around and do their jobs. Right. Well, that guy, he's now running for public office in Virginia. Yep. And I think he'll do pretty well. And it's another one of these, like, we saw Virginia completely flip. Yep. And so, you know, it's just as a thought that I've been having over and over is you'd think that the powers that be and and for the Liberal Party, you know, they act so hoity-toity and so – they think they're so smart uh, and yep. liberally educated. Well, you got that clip of Pelosi recently saying the most brilliant people or whatever come to gather at the Congress. Mm-hmm. Integrity or some yeah. buzzword she used. But it's just so silly. You'd think they'd be able to see this coming. All yeah. these – I mean, for their side, negative – consequences Mm -hmm. for the actions that they've taken well i've jokingly said this to you before that they're so high off their own farts it's not even funny yeah well and you know just as one last point that i had here this will be the last thing that i really have to say but i think it can be tied in right here as well you know there's this story that san jose is now requiring gun holders to have insurance yep You've seen that story. Well, I bet you when it goes up to the California Supreme Court or if it gets appealed higher to our Supreme Court, they'll have to acknowledge that the Second Amendment cannot be treated that way. There's probably not an infrastructure already for gun insurance or whatever. 
And, <clears throat> you know, I, I just think it's going to be – they've been trying to move further and further left on guns. Mm-hmm. And, and I bet you they're just going to get slapped down a rat hole here. Yeah. You can't change the Constitution this way. That's not the way to do it. Yeah, I do believe there uh, are uh, gun owner insurance uh, things. Um, well, yeah, I know there's at least one company that used to do ads quite a bit. Yeah, but I can't think of who they but are. Right I, now. I don't know anywhere that it's compulsory own a firearm. Oh yeah, and well, we were sort of talking about this topic last night as it was coming up on the news. And again, I had jokingly made a comment about imagine them having some kind of similar uh, proposals for speech. Yeah. You have to have speech insurance. Or you have to pay some kind of annual fee to your local board to even speak or they're going to come muzzle you somehow. Yeah, or assemble or go right. to church or, yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, so you'd think... They'd get to a point where they say, hey, you know, yeah, we, we really don't like guns. It's, you know, I'm a liberal too, you know, and I really hate the guns. I wish we could take them away. But if we push on this too hard, it's going to push back. Yep. But they're right. just too stupid. They're hell-bent on getting done what they want done. Right. And I don't think it's going to work in their favor. Nope, I don't think so either. People... Now, sometimes I'm, we often wonder how smart the masses really are sometimes. But I think once you push around people a little too much, they, you know, they figure stuff out. Yeah, it gets to a point where it's not good for the people pushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> History bears that out. <laughs> right. Sure does. And I guess with that, that pretty much covers everything. That's all I have for my notes. Yep. Same here. Well then, listeners, we hope you have enjoyed this great conversation. And let us know what you think with any feedback of your own. Or if there's any topics you'd like to cover, have us cover, you can send us your emails. Email addresses will be in the show notes. And you can also catch out our other show, the Wiki Wacky Radio Show, anywhere you find this program. And we hope you tune in next time for our latest commentary. And as always, thanks for listening.